there, this is Jen Wade, part of the core team here at Springs Church. We just want to say thank you so much for joining us and listening to our podcast. We are praying that it encourages you and it inspires you. And if you'd like to find out more about Springs Church, please visit our website, springschurch.co.uk. Here's today's message. Church, how you doing? It's great to see you all this morning. Uh, church is a little colder than usual, isn't it? Yeah, feel free to keep your coat on. My goodness me. If you, uh, if you get particularly desperate for warmth, these ancient heating pipes are really quite warm. So feel free to take your shoe off and stick a foot on one if you need to. <laughs> oh, well, my name's Pete Wright. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, our other pastor, John Rowe, is preaching uh, another church up the road this morning. So Lord bless John and the ministry up at Lake Street this morning. And um, uh, just throw your hand up if you were here last week for, for our Christmas event. God, what an amazing time, eh? Uh, it's just been such a buzz uh, uh, speaking to people this week. So many people so excited about how lovely last week was. And, um, and then to hear the report from uh, the Heat and Eat campaign just from Maggie. How encouraging is that? Isn't that just wonderful? And uh, so, yeah, so we're, uh, we're a blessed people. And um, I, I reckon the scriptures teach us that if God's going to bless us, it's so that we're not just blessed in our own lives, but we're blessed to be a blessing. Anyone think that's right? And, um, and so it's, it's good to do that. It's good to do that. Um, after, after the event last Sunday night, um, we, we'd, we'd finished tidying up and myself, Rachel, my wife and our kids, Joel and Naomi, uh, we'd parked up at Hope House and there was fresh, untouched snow on the car park, yeah. And, uh, and so um, uh, the kids went, Dad, can we have a snowball fight? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm absolutely knackered. It's been a long day. But when your kids ask you for a snowball fight, you really ought to oblige. And so we did. We had a good one, and um, Joel got a little bit mean, uh, getting Naomi right in the face with an absolute blinder of a shot. She was chewing that stuff, <laughs> and uh, it was a wonderful time. And then uh, got home and absolutely crashed, was in bed for half past eight. Was anyone else who, who got, got involved last week in bed early? Oh, my word. And, um, but I'll be honest, I've been, I've been nursing a stinker of the cold the rest of the week, and I reckon it was that snowball fight. It was worth it, though. Anyone else been nursing fluey colds this week? Oh, isn't it the season for it? My life, my goodness me. So I'm going to preach. Uh, I'm going to preach energetically to keep myself warm. In no- if nothing else, is that okay? Um, I-, I hope you'll forgive me. I'm going to geek out this morning on, on on scriptures. Is that all right? So I just happen to believe that the Bible's the, the written word of God. Anyone else believe that? And, and so in this church, in our church, we believe that the scriptures are God-inspired, written down by men for sure, but inspired by the same Holy Spirit of God uh, throughout all of those scriptures, throughout all of the writings. And, um, and this morning, there's some fluff on here. <laughs> and so this morning, uh, I'm going to geek out on a whole bunch of scriptures. I mean, usually I'll use two or three, but this morning there's around about 10 of them. Is that okay? And, uh, and so if that doesn't warm your heart, I don't know what will. Um, uh, so guys and girls, this morning, uh, we're going to be camping around this theme of uh, your light has come. I think there should be, a, oh, look at that. Beautiful. Does that make you feel a bit warmer? There you go. All right. Uh, your light has come. There's a scripture in Isaiah chapter 60 that says, arise and shine for your light has come. It's not actually a Christmas scripture, actually, but um, your light has come. Got me thinking about the fact that, that, that God has already sent his light ahead of time 
for us to benefit. And so we're going to be looking at the theme of light uh, this morning, if that's okay. While we've got the Christmas tree lights on and the twinkly little fairy lights here, your light has come this morning, church. And what have you walked into church with? I don't know. We've all got all sorts of kind of issues and things going on at Christmas time. Lots of excitement. People are breaking up from work for a couple of, uh, some holiday, which is well needed uh, all over the place. Uh, uh, Some people are are loving the fact they've got all their Christmas shopping done. Some people like us haven't even started yet. Oh my goodness. And uh, don't look at me like that. And um, and uh, others are kind of like, actually, the weight of the world is on my shoulders right there. And, and, uh, and this morning, I'll just pray that as we, as we camp around the Scriptures, ah, man, like, can we just imagine the Scriptures like a campfire this morning, where we come and warm ourselves and get renewed with hope and, and courage and, ah, oh, God is good. This morning, let the light of God just come into your heart this morning. Let the light of God be present and warming and encouraging and life-giving this morning. I want to encourage you that if we were able to thread these scriptures with anything, this entire Bible, these thousands of papers, these tens of thousands of verses and hundreds and hundreds of chapters, if we could look with spiritual eyes, I reckon we would see these scriptures woven together with a thread of light. Absolutely woven together. A tapestry of light. You know, the scriptures talk about the light of God right at the beginning, all the way to the end, and so many times in the middle. And what I love about the scriptures, the word of God, is that, is that, is that it, it, it wraps us up in the story of God who is light. I want to encourage you this morning, if it's your first time in church or first time in this church, the Bible teaches us that God so loved the world that he sent Jesus, the light of the world, So that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. I want to encourage you this morning, if you remember nothing else, for God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. Who is the world? You're the world. I'm the world. And so I'm going to rephrase that scripture just right at the start, in case you shut off for the next 20 minutes. For God so loved you, for God so loved me, that he sent his only son Jesus, Jesus the light of the world, personally for you, personally for me, he sent his son. You see, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when we read the scriptures, they're as true for us today as the day that they were first inspired and written down for us to read. Isn't that incredible? And so your light has come this morning. This Bible is a thread. It's threaded together with the light of God. And what do I mean then? I mean this. That there is not one story in the scriptures that is not littered with the light of God. There is not one prophecy that is not connected by, uh, without the light of God. There is not one uh, teaching, not one prayer, not one, not one scene or scenario in the scriptures where the light of God is not at work. The light of God is powerfully, powerfully present throughout the scriptures. I want to encourage you this morning that the scriptures shed light on who we are. The scriptures shed light on who God is. The scriptures say that this word, these scriptures are a light to our path. And I don't know about you, but I need some light for my path on this journey called life. Yes? Amen? 
I'm going to start with some scriptures about God, some light scriptures about God. We're going to set some context because light is the context for everything else that God does. Check it out. 1 John, verse 1 to 5. It's coming up on the screen. It says this. It says, this is the message that we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is, hello? And in him there is no darkness at all. What a beautiful thought that is. What an incredible idea. Does it say that God looks like light? God is, is, is almost like light? No, it says that God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. Psalm 104, verse 1 to 2 is coming up. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God, you are very great. Anyone grateful for a very great God this morning? You are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty, covering yourself with, as a garment, stretching out your heavens like a tent. These two scriptures teach us two things about God. The first thing is this, that God is light personified. And the second thing is this, that God is not just light himself, but he's clothed with light as well. I mean, this God that we serve is so bright and so beautiful. I, did anyone used to sing a, a hymn like that in school? Like, he is light and he's clothed in light. Wow. So that's the start. That's, where we, that's who our God is. It's what he looks like. It's what he's clothed in. It's who he is. He is light, and in him there is no darkness. And so the creation of all things couldn't start anywhere else except for Genesis 1 verse 3 that says, God said, let there be, and there was. Oh, wow. Of course that's the way it had to begin. If God is light, and if he's clothed in light, well, if he's going to create anything, it's going to have to start with light. Let there be light, and there was light. Anyone uh, a fan of space travel? Anyone a fan of rockets and all that kind of stuff? So little old me, I go to the NASA website last week and, um, and I'm like, what, I wonder what NASA say about sunlight, seeing as God said, let there be light, and that was the first thing he did. Why would he do such a thing? NASA, that's right, I'm bringing the big boys this morning. <laughs> they say, NASA says, in an article from 2016, which they haven't updated, so I guess it's still relevant, the sun is the driving source of almost all the life on earth. We have learned that starlight drives the formation of chemicals that are precursors to the chemicals that we need to make life. That's pretty cool, isn't it? So no wonder God who is light and who is clothed in light started creation by saying, let there be light. Because apparently, it's the precursor for everything else. The foundational building block of life, if life is to have a chance of living, is light. Where does light come from? According to our scriptures, light comes from who is light and who is clothed in light. And so here's a little equation for us this morning, boffins. No God, no light. No light, no life. God is life. That's incredible. Wow. Before anything else, God said, let there be light. See, God's heart for us, even before the first humans were created, was let there be light. Let there be the foundational stuff that means the things that I'm going to create, the people who I will love, who will know me by name, will thrive. God was, God was already catering for our needs before he created us. Isn't that incredible? Wow. Talk about setting the scene. Let there be light. When God said, let there be light, it set the scene for the rest of creation to take place. 
Let there be light meant that there was illumination that was necessary so that God could see his creativity uh, come to fruition. Let there be light came first because God knew that his dearest creation, you and I, created in his image, would need light to thrive. So if we're created in the image of God and God is light, he knew that we would need light and so he said, let there be light. I mean, can you see everything working together here this morning? Can you see the thread that's going on? There's a whole lot of light going on. Let there be light was deliberately orchestrated first to provide for our physical and our emotional and later on our spiritual health and well-being. Did you know there's some pretty powerful things about the natural light of the sun? Anybody know that? Anyone ever heard of vitamin D? All right. There's some family members uh, that we have in our family that, who have vitamin D deficiency and they just need to get out of the house and get into some sunlight and apparently that'll help things or at least take some pills. And when they have little vitamin D pills, I always think, oh, are they little pills of sunlight? That's so cool. <laughs> They're not, but imagine if they were. <laughs> vitamin D that we get from the sun's light is needed for strong heart health, strong bone development as well. Uh, scientists, this was from a scientific journal, told you I was bringing the big boys. Scientific journals and NASA, welcome to church. The more natural light that we get in a day, they say, the better we will sleep. Interesting. The better we sleep, the healthier our mental state will be. They tell us that natural light helps to relieve stress and anxiety. They tell us that natural light releases serotonin and helps to regu uh, regulate our appetite, aiding healthier bodies. They say that natural light, coming from the God who said, let there be light, helps to uh, relie uh, relieve pain, helps to promote relaxation. Natural light helps to uh, heal wounds. Did anyone know that? That's amazing, isn't it? Natural light helps us to feel more alert. I think this is really beautiful this morning. God who is light and God who is clothed in light said, let there be light because he knew that we would all need light. The light of God right there at the birth of creation was already the foundation of everything that we would need for life and health and peace in a physical way and an emotional way, if nothing else. Isn't that incredible? What an, what an already gift of God, the light of God. But as we go through these scriptures, I was saying earlier that these scriptures from the Old to the New Testament, they're, they're woven together with the light of God. It's a constant theme that we can be encouraged by in these dark winter days. Look what John says, John chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. He's now talking about Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was, nothing, uh, was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the? Of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Okay, so we've just fast-forwarded uh, uh, some thousands of years from, from the let there be light of creation to the second creation story we find in the New Testament, which is in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. Uh, we know as Christians that when John is saying the Word, he's actually talking about who? He's talking about Jesus. So let's read that again. And instead of saying the word, word, let's use the word Jesus instead and bring some light to that scripture. In the beginning was Jesus. And, uh, in Jesus, and Jesus was with God. And Jesus was God. 
Jesus was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Jesus. And without Jesus, was not, uh, not anything made that was made. And in Jesus was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome. Who now? The darkness cannot overcome Jesus. Wow. Wow. Prophesied 700 years before the physical birth of Jesus, Isaiah said these words. He prophesied and foretold in Isaiah 9. Here it comes. Here it comes, here it comes, Isaiah 9, come up on the screen, there it is, there it is. The people walked, people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be Wonderful Counselor. Anyone need a Wonderful Counselor today? Mighty God. Anyone need a mighty God today? An everlasting Father. A Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and of peace, there will be no end. Let there be light. God is clothed in light. God is light. And then we hear about Jesus, the light of the world coming to us. We hear about the light of God being foretold. The 700 years in time, there was going to be the light of the world, Jesus born to us. It's just beautiful. You see, our God loves to light up the darkness. Amen? Of course he uses then a brilliant, bright, shining light called the Bethlehem star to guide, to guide the wise men to the right place at the right time to discover their Jesus. I want to encourage you this morning, if you're going to be a wise man or a wise woman, or a wise teenager, or a wise child, I, I want to encourage you to look towards the light of God. Live in the light of God. Come under the light of God. Journey through life lit up by the life of God, the light of God. Church, we all know that little baby Jesus, he soon grew up, didn't he? And uh, he says this about himself. So let there be light. All the prophecies about the light of the world, Messiah coming. Look what the Messiah, the light of the world says about himself. John 8, 12, coming up on the screen, he says, I am thee. Light of the world, and whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So if you're a Christian this morning, it doesn't matter how good or bad life is right now, Jesus himself says, whoever believes in me will have the light of life. And sometimes circumstances and situations can rob us of the reality of the light of God present and powerful for us. But if nothing else this morning, we have the light of God. Come on, the light of the world, the light of life. In John 12, verse 44 to 46, Jesus says elsewhere, he says, Whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but believes in the one who sent me. And whoever sees me, uh, sees the one who sent me. I have come into the world as light. So that whoever believes in me will not remain in darkness. What's he talking about? What's this darkness that we're in if we don't know Jesus? It's the darkness, which is the lack of knowledge that God loves you. God is for you. God is with you. God stands beside you. He is your light. He wants to switch on the light for every single one of us. And in that moment of belief, the light switches on. And begins to guide. Later on in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, he says this in 2 Corinthians. There it is. For God who said, 
let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. Wow. The God who said, let there be light, is the God who said, let there be Jesus. Let the light of the world, let me be seen in the face of my son. Church, whenever a man, woman, or child puts their faith in Jesus, in their heart, a light appears. The scriptures promise us that faith in Jesus removes us from a place called eternal darkness and puts us into a place called the kingdom of everlasting light. Saying yes to Jesus ushers in a brand new creation. Did you, did you see where we're going this morning? Belief in Jesus begins a brand new, let there be light in our hearts and souls. It's just incredible. So when God said, let there be light, and it set the stage for all the creativity of God that first time round, when a human soul says yes to Jesus, it sets the scene for God's creativity in us. Wow. Inviting Jesus in means to invite in his light to bring strength to our hearts, to give rest to our souls. The light of God turns anxiety into a trigger to pray and feel burdens lift. The light of God brings relief amidst the difficulties of life. The light of God brings healing of every kind. If you need healing this morning, the light of God is powerful and present. The light of God binds up broken hearts and heals wounds of shame and regret. The light of Jesus wakes us up to God's vision for us. I like in the original creation story that it says that when God created the, the, the heavens and the earth, and then when he created the sun, the moon, and the stars, the light separated the day from the night. And what the light of God does in our, in our lives is it separates us from the dark and brings us into the light of God. His light in us pushes away the darkness pushes away plans to rob, steal, and destroy, and pulls us into the plans of God which are to prosper us and not to harm us. And so every time we turn to Jesus, the light of the world, there is a new let there be light moment. That let there be light moment sets the scene for God's creativity in us, sets the scene for transformation in us. And his light is present for our healing, present for our life's journey and gives us new vision. I want to encourage you this morning that as the scriptures are woven together with the light of God from Old Testament to New Testament, when you became a Christian, it says the Father sent the Spirit of His Son, the light of the world, into your heart. Isn't that incredible? And the scriptures are not just woven together by light, but you and I are woven together by the light of God too. Isn't that beautiful? The light of God. Jesus said this, Matthew 5, 14 to 16. He says, now you guys, anyone, you, anyone who follows me, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand so it gives light to the whole house. So in the same way, let your light shine before others 
so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Wow. We are intrinsically connected because of the Jesus Christ, the light of God in our lives, to that very first let there be light of creation. Setting the scene for transformation, for the glory of God to pervade generation to generation. And now we get to permit the light of God into the world, wherever we are. Christian, this Christmas time, I want to encourage you to play your part. Do you reckon we've we've played our part a little bit in sharing the light of God with heat and eat? Do you reckon? Do you reckon we got to share the light of God a little bit last week with 73 gifts given out to all those kids that were here last week and and let your light shine with all the people on the balcony and the place was rammed and just the joyous. We, me and Sam, we get to take our kids to school because that's what you should do if you're a parent with kids that go to school. And this week it was such a joy because um, uh, I on Monday morning I got stopped by a parent I'd never spoken to before and she went, I knew I recognised you. You from the church, aren't you? And I was like, oh, I am. And I got Naomi's hand in. I'm like, okay, this could get big. I'm about to kick off. I don't know what's going to happen. And she said, she said, I just want to say thanks so much. What you all did for my kids last week was beautiful. Thank you so much. I had no idea that kind of stuff happened in my own community. Wow. Something of the let there be light of God had, had, had come to her that, that Sunday. And then Sam, um, the next couple of days as you're taking Grayson into school, his reception class, you're getting stopped by parents as well saying, wow, that's just amazing, it's amazing. So all of you who got stuck in and involved and helped last week happen, you helped the light of God to reach a whole new bunch of people last week. Let's play our part, not just in church, but in our streets, in our communities, with our neighbours. Don't hide the light of God. Don't hide it. Last scripture. Are you doing all right? Can you remember the theme of this morning? <laughs> 1 John uh, chapter 1, verse 7 to 9. It, this is uh, it's a beautiful scripture. It says, if you and I, if we, us, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have friendship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God didn't create humanity till day six. But on day one, he said, let there be light because he knew what was to come and he was providing for our needs before we even were. 2,000 years ago, God sent Jesus the light of the world to this world to show us a new way to be human, to give us an opportunity to have our sins forgiven and our eternity with God restored. Before we even heard the name Jesus, God had already sent him preparing for our salvation. Is that amazing? Your light had come on day one when you weren't created till day six, humanity. If you're in church this morning and you've never had a faith in Jesus, I want to encourage you that that Jesus' work for you did not start today when you walked in for the first time. The work of God, his love for you, started 2,000 years ago when he sent his light into the world so that it could be switched on in your heart today. Wow. Sam, Joe, Anna, you're going to come and sing for us in a sec. We're We're going to worship with possibly the most beautiful 
carol ever written, in my humble opinion. <laughs> this morning, I just, I just hope something of the beautiful tapestry of the light of God is, is capturing your imagination this morning. If you don't get anything else today, you're like, you are so not an afterthought for God. On Christmas Eve, I bet my bottom dollar I'll be thinking about someone I forgot to buy a present for and I'll be rushing out. And I'll be picking something up. Maybe supermarket flowers. <laughs> oh dear. I want to encourage you that this Christmas time that you have never been a forgotten afterthought that God thinks he better get a gift for last minute. You have been known about. You have been thought about. You were died on a cross for. Jesus was resurrected for you. Whoa. Jesus saw this moment coming for your salvation not 2,000 years ago, but on that very first day when he said, let there be light. And he, God has made it his business throughout the centuries to let there be light on so many occasions just to illuminate the fact that he loves you and that his power is present for you. And darkness cannot have its way in your life. Cannot. When you invite Jesus, the light of the world, in. Amen. We're going to pray a prayer of salvation and a coming to faith in Jesus after we've, after we've sung this song together. i uh-huh. 
faith serenely beaming with glowing hearts by his cradle we stand led by the light of a star sweetly gleaming now come the
knows our need and our weakness is no stranger when you just ponder that that line just for a second our weakness is no stranger there's a whole bunch of things you could read into that I think at a base level it's like God knows every flaw that we have God knows every imperfection. Your weakness. The things you struggle with in life are not a reason for God to turn his back and think, gosh, I am so unimpressed. Your weakness, things you struggle with, make God go, I am there for you even more than you know I am. I am for you even more than you realize. Your weakness is no stranger. God doesn't want to be a stranger to your heart. Perhaps this morning, you're saying, I don't want God to be a stranger to me anymore either. So I'm going to pray a prayer. And the prayer is a prayer of thank you. A bit of a sorry. And an invitation. God, will you come into my life? So I'm going to pray this prayer. And if you want to pray in your heart and you're saying, I want, to, I want the light of God in my life. I want the light and the hope of Jesus too. I'd encourage you to pray in your heart of hearts. And, and if you do, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand and let me know that you've prayed that. So here we go. Lord Jesus, thank you that you were right there at the beginning when let there be light was first spoken. And thank you, Father God, for sending your Son, Jesus, the light of the world, into this world so that I could have your light switched on in my heart and in my life. I'm sorry I didn't know you before. I'm sorry about the mistakes that I've made and the the sin in my life that has kept me distant from you, Jesus. And I hear today that you are willing to forgive me because my weakness is no stranger to you. And yet you love me still and you ask me into a relationship with you. And this morning I'm saying, yes, God. Yes, God. I receive the Christmas gift of Jesus Christ into my heart and my life. And I ask God that you would send your Holy Spirit to be with me. Come into my life and light my path and inform, uh, inform your ways in my life, Lord. And, and I ask God that as I, as I say yes to you this morning, Jesus, that, that let there be light will happen in my soul, Lord God. Let there be light. Let it happen in my soul and let it be the stage set for your transforming creativity to occur in my life. I want to be a better person, not because I'm trying to earn your love, but because I have it. And I want to live in a way that honors the gift of your light in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If your heart is resounding with that prayer this morning, would you just look up at me, like real definite, or just raise your hand, just give me a little nod, and yeah, I'm praying that. Bless you, bless you. God bless you. Anybody else this morning? Anybody else this morning?
Father, I thank you for these beautiful people that you, you knew would be in this place today, that you knew would want to hear of your goodness today. And Jesus, I thank you that salvation reigns in this place. Thank you, Lord, that your light reigns in this place. Father, I pray that in all of our lives, Lord God, whether it's the light of mercy that we need this morning or the light of healing this morning, Father, if we've become tired in our faith walks, Father, if it's, the, if it's the light of your strength, the light of joy to come back in, Father, I pray that you would deliver a beaming light into our hearts and lives this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, I just think it's really important to say that in the Scriptures it says, it says do good to everybody especially to those in the family of believers. Let me say that again. Do good to everybody, especially to those in the family of believers. Can I ask us as a church to look out with eyes of hospitality this Christmas time? Not just for people out there that we support with heat and eat, but with people in this room. Can we be good to each other? Can we be hospitable and light to one another this Christmas time? Can we maybe pop a prayer on a text of someone we haven't seen for a while or, or invite someone round for a coffee and a mince pie, maybe a mulled wine if you're feeling cheeky. Right. But I just want to say this as well. As much as we want to give to those that don't, uh, aren't part of this church family, and which is right and which is good, if you are struggling this Christmas time in any way but feel like I, I'm, not, I'm not the type of person that gets helped like, it's people outside of the church. That's what we do as a church. No, 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 no. Do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of believers. If you're struggling this Christmas time with any practical needs, will you, will you make yourself known to me or to Maggie or to Em? To any of the leadership? This is a family, and we ought to thrive. Amen? Amen. Bless you. Thanks again for listening. To hear more of our messages, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast channel for past preachers. If you feel like you got something out of today's message, why not share it with your friends and spread the good news of Jesus? We are praying for you. We love you. So please, if you need anything at all, check out springschurch.co.uk. God bless.